welcome to the official podcast of the Australian Securities and Investments Commission. My name is Peter Kell and I'm joined this time around by Ian Yates, who is the Chief Executive of the Council of the Ageing Australia and uh, one of the terrific people who we rely on to provide ASIC with uh, insights into the whole area of retirement. And today, we've asked Ian to talk about preparing financially for retirement. Ian, thanks very much for joining us. It's a pleasure and thank you for having me. As Chief Executive of COTA, Council of the Ageing, can you tell us, Ian, what are the main financial issues concerning your members and how does the issue of trust play out in the sector? Peter, the financial issues facing our members are quite diverse because older Australians are very diverse and um, some people come off of um, a period of essentially either retirement or semi-retirement onto an age pension and their primary issues are living on on that budget. Uh, others uh, come for the first time in their lives uh, to uh, a retirement, perhaps a bit unexpectedly, uh, and receive access to superannuation benefits, uh, which is uh, a lump sum, even though it's still not a mature system that's larger than they've had ever before, probably even larger than they put as a deposit on their house. Um, And then there's what do they do with it? Um, And frequently uh, that question, you know, leads people, if I can say, into making often inappropriate choices. Uh, For example, following the global financial crisis, we had a lot of people who, without advice, uh, capitalised their losses took their money out and put it in term deposits and who now regularly tell us that they can't live off the income from their term deposits. Uh, So I think it's actually one of the biggest issues is coming into retirement without preparation. Um, And then the third would be people who are subject to um, sometimes actual scams but often just inappropriate uh, products and services some of which are risky, others of which may be quite genuine products but weren't appropriate to them. That's uh, a a good introduction into the next uh, question, Ian, that I I had for you. Uh, And it's around getting good advice uh, because, as you've said, there's uh, certainly a degree of complexity out there in the financial situation that confronts uh, older Australians a complexity in many of the products they're facing. So how how can older Australians be confident they are getting good advice? Um, at one level, Peter, the answer to that is that it's difficult because we are just in the process now of developing a better financial advice system. And uh, until we have people who the public generally understands what their training and accreditation is and means and indeed until we have that accreditation very properly reflecting specialities. For example, not every financial advisor understands how to advise someone about the complexities of a retirement villages contract and yet that can have significant financial implications. A relatively simple on paper choice 
um, of someone paying for an elderly relative's uh, aged care entry, either through a refundable accommodation payment or a daily payment, um, actually can have quite significant financial implications for a family with a whole lot of interconnected um, financial arrangements. Some people it's straightforward, others it's not. Um, so I look forward to a situation where we have a much stronger, stronger regulated and trained advisory force because I think it's really critical. Very few people, we can, we can tell them to do it, but very few people plan many years ahead. So you actually need that advice being there and available at the right time when people are motivated to access it. Um, I think superannuation funds have a bigger role to play in promoting advice and providing that advice, and indeed in getting people to think about what it is that they want to do in retirement, because money is there to facilitate what you want to do. Um, the purpose of, of your retirement is, is not to preserve your finances, it's actually to live well off of them. And, but have enough for the contingencies of, say, aged care or health issues. So uh, at, the, at the moment, I still say that people ought to uh, ask in their circles if they've had successful advice. They ought to seek uh, advice from the appropriate registry authorities and they ought to talk to their super funds about who they, who they recommend for advice. You've made it uh, clear in, in uh, talking about advice that there are often quite a number of people involved in these sorts of decisions, not, not just uh, the older Australian or the, or the couple. Uh, and look, I think we all understand it can be a very good thing to have support from family and friends when facing these sorts of complex financial decisions. Uh, from your experience, though, what should people keep in mind to ensure that they are offering positive and appropriate support in, in this area? I think it's very important that both the family members and the older people themselves um, take advice in areas that they don't understand that they haven't had a previous experience of. An example of that would be pooling funds for shared accommodation um, what are the best things to do? It's that old adage that you actually need things written down not for when it's all going well, but for when it might go wrong. So getting formal arrangements in place with family members uh, or uh, is important because if all goes well, the formal arrangements will be irrelevant, but if something should go wrong, um, then the formal arrangements will be really important. But secondly, it's important to involve and maybe even involve with a independent person. It might be, it might be someone formally who's involved in mediation. It might be uh, your local minister if you're of a religious persuasion. It might be mm. someone else who you trust to enable you as a family to talk through issues like um, forward planning for housing and accommodation, uh, like uh, making uh, power of attorney and guardianship arrangements, uh, like making arrangements for equity release from your home, all of which impact on everybody, much of which uh, causes angst just because there was not awareness in the first place. So we've covered a lot of territory there. If you were to sum up 
what would you say are three key things that people should do to prepare themselves for retirement? The first thing I would say is um, don't assume that the first thing that pops into your head is the right answer. It may be what the whole mythology in society is saying because this is new to have long periods of living in retirement. The second is uh, don't get rushed. Um, you know, it's possible, but it's highly unlikely that all your circumstances will change in the next th two months. Um, so it is possible to seek advice, talk with friends. Uh, if others you know have gone before you in this journey, talk to them because they'll have had some traps that they've fallen into that you might avoid. Um, and then the, th the third really is to, to take advice about things you don't know about and make careful decisions that don't commit you irrevocably unless, uh, you know, unless that's, for example, taking a deferred annuity would commit you, but you'll have worked that through. A lot of those decisions can be taken in steps. The f you asked for three, but the fourth would be actually to, to, to do what many people don't do, which is to try and think about these things earlier than you feel pressured to, particularly about big issues like your housing arrangements or major financial investments. Well, we asked for three. We got uh, one extra for uh, free. Thanks very much, Ian Yates, uh, Chief Executive of Council of the Ageing Australia. Thanks, Peter. Thanks.